Welcome to another episode of Web Dev Weekly, the weekly podcast about web development. I'm Richard Gottlieber. And I'm Brad Garropy. And this week, we're going to be talking about the super exciting world of build tools. Now, I know a lot of y'all probably roll your eyes and groan when you think about configuring Webpack for the thousandth time. But today, we're going to be focusing on this kind of new wave of build tools, things like ES Build. Vite or Vite or however you pronounce it, and Snowpack maybe. Uh, All these things that rely on ES modules to make their dev servers super fast. So I guess we'll start out, Richard, by talking about what kind of experience we have with these new style build tools. What have you done with them so far? So I remember Webpack coming onto the scene and being amazing for everything they could do. And then some time passed. And Webpack has become this thing that, as you mentioned, configuring just ends up being a huge pain. I think this goes back to like, we we keep talking about this, the golden age of developer experience, right? And this is coming back to that again, where with stuff like ES build and Vite, like the config and the setup is pretty painless. And the speed at which they do stuff is ridiculous. Speed is huge. Like, I think it's just because we've all been using Webpack for so long and our projects have kind of grown over time. You know, people making enterprise applications, they're just getting bigger every day. And then you're adding TypeScript and then you're adding different, you know, packages. Webpack just starts to slow down. And yeah, it's these these new ones that just breathe fresh air into the build process. And it's all because of ES modules that they can compile them like as they're imported, as code gets executed, that requests new new modules or new uh, pieces of code, it can build them on the fly, super quickly, uh, and then serve it up. So because of that, the dev server starts up almost instantaneously, whereas Webpack, you have to build and bundle the whole thing before it starts serving your development bundle. Yeah, and I think that that's is one of the biggest advantages, right? It's making the feedback loop shorter and shorter. And this is something, so I hadn't really ever thought about this before, but I saw somebody the other day, like just pop open their developer tools and they were basically doing all of their CSS coding in the developer tools. And then they were taking that and pasting it into their project. It's like, man, that's really cool. And the reason they were doing that was to you know, shorten that feedback cycle, right? So I make this change, I tweak this, I move this over one rim. Oh, I want two rims instead. Just do that real quick. You can see the you know results like instantly. But then you have that like extra step where you have to take that out and you have to go put it in the right place in your project to make sure you got like, you know, where in the cascade that style is happening and everything. And so there's that little piece of like extra work now. But with something like, like Vite, it's basically real time when you're editing the actual files. It's insane. Like yeah. SvelteKit uh, has Vite underneath the hood, right? And it's just like, you know, you have your your site up on the left, your code up on the right, you do a save, and there's the stuff on the site. Like, it's instant. It's amazing. It's not even, I don't know, like with like older React projects and stuff, I really didn't mind because you'd have like the hot reloading, which to me was fantastic. You'd wait like the, you know, half a second, two seconds for the thing to build, and then it would reload and you didn't have to like click over there and refresh and come back, right? Or you didn't have to stop the build server 
and restart it, <laughs> which, you know, like, I don't know, I've been around for a while. I'm used to that. And I've done a lot of back end stuff too, right? Where like, I'm very used to like the, you run it. Okay. It didn't do what I expected. So like I'll rerun it. Um, right now at work, I write Haskell code. That's a compiled language. So you make a change, you compile it. There's an XKCD comic about this where like there's two guys that like sword fighting on chairs and their boss is like, hey, what are you doing? And they're like, the compiler's running. He's like, okay, carry on. You know, like it's real. Like the the feedback loop there is it feels like running through molasses in winter compared to these new build tools like Vite, ES build, snowpack. Like it's it's insane to me. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I mean, this is a really good time to talk about kind of the levels of interactivity between when you change a file on your system and what happens in the browser. So very first thing that your development tool should do is watch your files for changes. So that's step one. It has to know when a file changes to recompile, rebuild, rebundle, whatever it needs to do. Step two is it needs to handle whatever goes on in the browser. So whether that be refreshing the page, which is like kind of baseline interactivity, or then if you get into something like React, that's where hot module replacement or HMR comes into play, where it'll just swap out that component uh, so that you don't actually have to refresh the page. But there's still one more level above that. Imagine if you had your standard counter component and you've counted and used uh, state to hold the value of the counter, and you get that to five. If you make a change in that component, you're going to lose that React state. So that's kind of the the ultimate level of like very interactive, instantaneous, um, synchronizing your your code changes to what's going on in the browser. It it's able to maintain the state of your React application as you're changing files. And this is something that Vite does out of the box. It's so cool. And these different modern build tools have varying levels of support for for all of these interactive build time things. And so some some give you more control and flexibility, but they don't give it to you out of the box, whereas others are a little more opinionated and give you these these types of things the way they think they should be out of the box. Yeah. And back to the HMR real quick, I, I do think it's it's really interesting how like Vite basically does that, but it does it in a very efficient way so that you don't lose that state, right? So instead of replacing the entire uh, module it replaces just the piece that was edited. And like, it basically invalidates like the edge in the, the HMR chain, if you will, to say, hey, just this one little piece needs to be updated, not the whole thing. And so that's also what helps it be so fast and so efficient too. So like, I don't know, it's like, it's like a finely tuned version of that initial HMR. Yeah, so when I started doing my research into all these, I started with what I viewed was like, the baseline build tool and and out of all the new ones es build seems to be the foundation the, the bedrock um its goal is to just compile and optionally like bundle and minify uh, javascript typescript jsx so it supports all that stuff out of the box which is great uh, but its only goal is to comp- compile and bundle all those other like really nice things about having a dev server and hot module reloading and blah, blah, blah. ES builds like, 
I don't know, we offer plugins for that kind of stuff, but we're not going to give it to you out of the box. Our goal is to be super fast at compiling. And you can see that if you go to their website, they have this like visualization where they compile 3.js 10 times over um, and ESBuild just like blows Webpack and Parcel out of the water. Have you tried to use ESBuild like solo? Yeah, so I haven't used it by itself, but I have used it. And the reason I say that is because, like you're saying, it, it does all those build things and it does them incredibly quickly. But it doesn't do a lot of the other things that you want when you're actually thinking about building and bundling for production, right? So it yep. doesn't do things like code splitting, right? So what is code splitting? That's like when you have this gigantic bundle, you don't want to give that all at once to the consumer because you know as your code base starts to get bigger and bigger and bigger, you bundle it all together and it doesn't make sense to give that all as like one big piece. So you give the parts that are relevant when they're relevant. It's kind of like lazy loading. It doesn't do that. So it'll bundle stuff up extremely quickly, but it's not going to try to figure out like how to do it for the best consumer experience. I know it also has some issues with like CSS minification and stuff like that. But again, it does it extremely quickly. And I think that's why like Vite, for example, uses ES build Mm -hmm. for their dev experience. Yes. Because you're local. So like none of this matters, like gigantic bundle. Cool. It's on the same disc that you're loading from. There is no network. There is no request really. And so I think that that's, that's like, it's super powerful, but it's very powerful because it's very good at like one single, thing. single focused. Exactly. Uh, so some things I found with it that kind of just turned me off in general. Okay. I, we should just say the speed is amazing. Love it. But let's talk about the experience using it, right? Like I didn't love it because the way you configure it is you essentially write a Node.js script. Like it doesn't really have a config file. It's got CLI flags. But that those are kind of difficult to use. You kind of want a config file. And the config file is just like basically a script. And that to me was like, oh, that's weird. How do you like extend it? You know, Webpack had this nice way to like extend and merge different configs for different environments. So I can see ES build being a little bit limited for that. We talked about it doesn't do code splitting, it doesn't do HMR out of the box. And it's dev server was pretty limited from what I saw. There's like two ways to set it up where like you serve everything out of a single directory or you just serve your generated JavaScript, but nothing really kind of ties it all together nicely for you. Like Webpack's HTML, whatever it was, HTML Webpack plugin did. Of course, ESBuild supports plugins. There's probably plugins out there for all these things, but the product in and of itself felt a little shallow and made some things a little more difficult than I would have liked. Yeah. And I'd just be curious to like, take a moment to talk about this. Like what are your thoughts about things like ES build where you are feeling slightly dissatisfied with it, given the fact that it's very focused on one thing and you wanted to do a lot of things and I'm, I'm just kind of curious. Like, I think in the developer space, we want a tool to take care of everything that we want, right? 
Like we want the, I don't know what's, what it'd be, you know, like the Swiss army knife. And I don't know if you ever like tried to use one of those like 80 tool Swiss army knives, but they're not great at anything. Like they're okay at everything, but they're not really great at anything. And like, I think that's kind of why, like you kind of need to get more of a, I don't know what the word I'm looking for here is like a toolbox, if you will, which is kind of like in my mind, like to kind of transition over, like talking about V a little bit more, like from ES build, like it kind of does that, right? It says ES build is like fantastic at this one thing. And it just screams. It is so fast, right? It's like a, it's like a dragster, you know, you want to go from start to finish line and it's straight. You want a dragster. You want to throw a turn in there. Oof, you're going to be in a lot of trouble, <laughs> you know, but like, you're not going to beat it. Like in that, in that purpose driven thing. And then, you know, for other use cases, you have other tools. And I think that we often like in the dev space, try to like pick a tool and use it for everything. Cause we really like that tool, you know? And so we're like, yeah, I got this amazing hammer and I went ahead and I taped a screwdriver onto it. <laughs> and then I taped a wrench onto that screwdriver and it, it does everything I need. And it's the best hammer ever. You know, but it's it's kind of like that. I don't know what your thoughts are there. I've been talking a lot. No, I totally agree. Like ES build is a tool to be built upon. And I, this is analogous to me, like React. If you were to use just React and React DOM, you're going to be pretty unhappy about the situation, right? It doesn't have a router. It doesn't have, uh, well, it's starting to get state management, right? But it doesn't have like, I don't know, even like a fetch library you have to pull in. Like React just doesn't give you anything. You need things on top of it like Gatsby, like Next, to shape your experience with React. Just like Vite is really shaping your experience, your development experience, using ES Build. And man, talking about Vite, like, this did seem like the Swiss Army Knife. My, my biggest complaint with Webpack was it was very difficult to get Webpack to bundle a library Webpack is for building applications, it seems like. You can do libraries with it, but it's hard. Vite, like, it's like one config change. And you're like, build an app, build a library. Use ES Build for super fast dev servers. Use Rollup for, like, super awesome bundled output. Like, Vite does seem like the thing that does it all. And that was my first impression. How'd you feel when you used it? Yeah, no, it's it's the same. It's... It's awesome. Like, I think I'd say that Vite's pretty sweet. Um, it it does that. Like, it it combines all these different tools fairly seamlessly, and that's awesome. Like, especially when given the like very limited config that you need for it, when you go to something like SvelteKit, right, where it's just kind of baked in, and you're like, oh, I didn't really realize that I was using Vite. It was just there. And worked and like everything is super speedy. This is amazing. And even like, I don't know, like roll up compared to ES build, very slow, I guess, but it's not very slow. Like it's still really fast. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I am a huge fan of it so far. I found roll up to be difficult to use on its own. When I was out there looking for webpack alternatives before all these new wave of build tools came out, I thought roll up was kind of tough because roll up, the way I view it is, it's like a build tool framework and like you use plugins to make it do stuff because it seems like out of the box rollup did absolutely nothing almost. Uh, so it was weird. 
I love the, the, the layer of abstraction that V puts on top of it, where with a single switch, you're saying, build me a library, build me an app. Uh, and I, I think I'm going to go through the effort probably on stream here soon to start converting some of my libraries over to V to see how that process goes. Yeah, that'd be cool. And I know we also want to talk about one more build tool, Snowpack. And it's pretty new on the scene too. And I feel like it and V kind of came out at the same time. Like Snowpack had just a little bit of an edge getting onto the scene. But I don't know about you, but I feel like Vite's starting to overshadow it. Like Snowpack was amazing and it has a lot of similarity with Vite, right? Like the super fast like dev build experience and like the hot reloading and everything like that just being ridiculous. Like you make a change, it shows up in your browser. Like it's almost like instantaneous. And I don't know why but I feel like Vite is starting to like overshadow it more as like the de facto go-to. I don't know what your thoughts are there. Maybe it's just the circles I run in. I've got, I've got two main reasons. I tried out Snowpack as well. Snowpack feels like Vite with some of its opinions removed. So like Vite's like, we're going to make it easy to do, you know, this task or this task. Um, we're going to choose some things for you automatically. Snowpack uh, still, you know, takes advantage of that plugin type API. And so out of the box, Snowpack actually doesn't do HMR and fast refresh. You have to install a plugin, right? So it's it's those kind of steps where you're like, look, we're all building React apps. Can somebody just give us something that builds a React app? And Vite does that so well, especially because they have a CLI scaffolding tool. They have this nice like NPX command that you can run where it says, what do you want to build? You doing React, Svelte, Vue, you know, JavaScript, TypeScript, pick one and it will set up everything for you. And it, it works so well, it's so fast, and it's everything that I kind of would have picked anyways out of the box. And I think this is why Vite's gonna start pulling ahead. Snowpack was the first one to show us that ES build is stupid fast and, and all the build tools should be using it. It was first to market. But then Vite came out and it's like, we're going to take that same idea, but we're going to just really like put a fresh cone of paint on it and make it super easy to use. And I think the reason it came up really quickly because it kind of like tied itself to view specifically. And just when you have like a popular front end framework as a vehicle to kind of push the dev tool along with it, you're going to gain traction. But but don't get me wrong, even though view is supported as a first class citizen, uh, Vite also does Svelte and React and and all the other ones. So I just think it has better mass appeal. And it could just be the fact that it's like 80 chic with their logo and that's more popular. It looks I don't so know. nice. It looks so one, nice. One thing to point out that I don't know, we kind of like talked about it, but I don't feel like we really talked about it. Both Snowpack and Vite, we're talking about ES Build and how it just bundles stuff up, but they both in the local dev environment, part of why they're so fast too is they kind of take the approach of building but not bundling everything and letting your like they basically offload the bundling to your browser. So your browser asks for stuff as it needs it. And that's not a problem in development because everything is local. So it's not like you know creating a ridiculous number of network requests, right? Like you may think like only serve up what's needed, right? And so you don't need to bundle it. And with ESM, 
like in the browser now, because I'm like pretty much every browser, maybe not Internet Explorer because it never supports anything. Sports ESM? Maybe not Safari. I don't know. Does Safari <laughs> support I, ESM? I don't know. I, I got to look. Okay. I know Safari is like always late to the late to the party as well. But with like native ESM in the browser, you can kind of offload the bundling to the browser and that makes it a lot faster too, right? So you don't have to bundle your entire application every time you make a change in order to see that change in your browser when you're doing development. Now, you don't want that to happen in production. Like It seems like a great idea, but it's a terrible idea because the network requests are going to be insane and it will be ridiculously slow. That's kind of like why both Snowpack and Vite are super fast as far as that feedback loop for development because they don't do the bundling. They just serve like the stuff there and let the browser ask for what it needs when it needs it. And what's awesome too is that now in Node.js, ES modules are also supported. So all these benefits that you get for the browser, uh, you can still use if you're if you're developing a Node.js application. And I checked, yeah, it's it's across all major browsers with the exception of Internet Explorer since like 2018 or something. So you're golden. Use script uh, type equals module uh, for local development if you want to do that kind of stuff. That's awesome. So given all these new build tools, right? And the fact that like the fun part, in my opinion, of web development is always the new shiny. They don't call it the cutting edge for no reason because it's dangerous to be here, right? Like if I had spent a bunch of time learning Snowpack and six months down the road, that kind of falls out of favor and nobody's using Snowpack and everybody's using Vite or maybe it's something else, some, you know, Fubar Baz build framework in the future. Like what are your thoughts on these new build tools and how do you kind of divide your time learning them? Because I'm pretty sure at your day job, and I know at mine, we're not using these yet, right? Like larger companies aren't normally jumping on the bandwagon of like the brand new shiny. And a lot of times that's what people end up doing, like, you know, for their side projects, for fun, just to keep learning, that kind of stuff. How do you pick, Brad, what you learn? Well, for this specific thing, I tried out all of them first. I took the basic example, like your basic uh, create React app page, and I tried them all first. And then I kind of picked the one that resonated with me most, which, you know, no surprise is Vite at this point. That's kind of phase one for how I like introduce myself to new technology. After that, what I'm going to do is try to convert one of my side projects, probably something like uh, a library because bundling libraries is typically kind of tough with Webpack. And so I want to see if it's easier with something like Vite. So I've got a use countdown react hook that I might try it out on or the, the hue SDK that I have for Node.js. So that gives me like a good basis of like, can it do web stuff? Can it do Node.js stuff? If all that goes well, lo and behold, we've been noticing build times at work kind of slow down. Like when we run NPM start on some of our like admin UIs, it's like 20 seconds and I'm starting to twiddle my thumbs. So that actually might be a good candidate 
I think I'm going to give uh, like a talk at our front end guild, just covering these new build tools and like just the next hackathon, just make a branch and see what happens, you know? And that's, that's how I would do it at work. Hackathons are a good, you know, vehicle for innovation and using some of this stuff if you can prove it out. And if everybody likes it and it's faster and it still works the way you expect, you know, you can adopt. Yeah. And I think that's a good, a good way to approach it. One thing I would say is if you're introducing a new tool like this, make sure you document it because you don't want this one little piece of your code base to be weird. And in six months, a year, even you come back to it and you're like, the heck was I doing a year ago? What is, what is this Vitae? What is this? You know, nobody, what, nobody uses this. What is this? Right. And so you need to make sure that like, if you're doing something like that, just my opinion, I don't know. I'm kind of a evangelist for documentation, like make sure that like explains what it is, how to mess with it. And just a few like reasons why this thing is here. If it becomes, you know, more normal and standard across the code base, then yeah, like that's not as important. Right. But for like one-off stuff and like hackathon projects and stuff, that kind of stuff I think is really important. Otherwise they'll just get kind of put in the closet of code that we don't use anymore. And you know, then all that time was for naught. I do think too, to your point about learning new things and trying new things, like when it comes to personal projects, this is something I often struggle with, like figuring out what languages to use and stuff. It is just like, if you enjoy it, if you think it's cool, if you like it, use it. I don't know. Like Vite is really cool. I like it a lot. And I think I'll start using it for my personal stuff. If it turns out to be a big nothing burger down the road, oh, well, it was fun, right? Like, and at the end of the day, most of the stuff that we're talking about is just JavaScript. Like it, it's, it's got skills that can transfer to other places. Yeah. Yeah. My biggest worry is that I'm going to be using one of these new tools and I'm not going to be able to load some file the way I used to in Webpack, right? Webpack has all these different loaders. You know, you can, you can have an SVG loader, a CSS loader, a style loader, a TS loader, the list goes on and on and on. And you can write loaders for any file extension, which just tells the tool what to do with this specific type of file. My worry is that I'm going to start using Vite. It's not going to support some file extension that I really need. And the next thing you know, I'm like writing Vite plugins. And that's like not where I want to be in life, right? <laughs> like that's like being buried in a Webpack config that you can't understand. What you want to do is have this tool enable productivity. Plain and simple. Productivity definitely is is key. I agree. and. That's one thing, like it, any of these new tools, they enable that because of that feedback loop, right? Like it, it just keeps coming back to that in my mind that the shorter you can make that feedback loop, the better things will be. So, and man, it, it does feel instant. It, it will blow you away. It's milliseconds. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. So yeah, speaking of fast feedback, thanks for tuning in to Web Dev Weekly. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe in your podcast player. Maybe leave us some feedback in that player. Give it a like, star, leave a comment. You can check us out on Twitter. Our links are in the show notes below to our Twitter profiles. We'll see you next week.